Hello and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Shop with Dylan McGlynn. I'm your host, Dylan McGlynn. We have another great guest for you this week, so we're not going to waste any time. Let's dive right in and talk some shop. My guest this week is Alicia Keetry. Alicia is currently a writer for the TBS series American Dad. She also wrote for the Netflix original series Fuller House and recently wrote the screenplay for the upcoming movie I'm Totally Fine starring Jillian Bell and Natalie Morales. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate Uh, it. Of course. So... How did you kind of first get into writing and like what kind of made you want to pursue it as a, a career? Um, so I grew up doing theater and kind of like um, being raised by the TV. Like I was, our family was very much like TVs on all the time. I had a TV in my bedroom. I slept with it on, but I didn't know that like TV writing was a career. I was like, actress like that's that's what I'm seeing so that's what I'll do and like we I did theater my whole like high school career and and ended up going to like this uh school in New Orleans I'm from Louisiana I don't know if I said that but um I commuted from my hometown which was like about 40 minutes north of New Orleans I commuted from my senior year of high school there to this like it was like a fame type of school where it was just theater all the time like they they taught us like monologues, juggling, uh, ballet. It was like really ridiculous and so much fun. And through that, I like went to, I had access to like audition for colleges and stuff. Still on that theater path of being like, I'm going to do, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a performer or whatever. And then when I got to college, I had, I went to school in Chicago and I had classes that were like, write your own thing. And I, I remember like specifically one class, like doing a monologue that I wrote and like getting laughs and, and I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like I was like doing the like serious acting stuff became a chore. And I was like, I want to, I want to write, I want to make people laugh and I want to, and that's what I'm going to do. And luckily I went to an arts school, um, Columbia College, Chicago, and they had television writing as a major. So I changed my major and that's how I discovered writing. That's awesome. And yeah. I know you mentioned that you had the TV on basically all the time, which I did yeah. too. I actually have American Dad on in the background right now. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, were there any like sh- uh, shows or, or any people that kind of influenced you when you were growing up or even like in that college stage? Um, yeah, I mean, my sister and I have a younger sister. Um, we would just like Nick at Night was like the big thing on, on Nickelodeon at that time. And, and we would die laughing at I Love Lucy and like Mary Tyler Moore. All of those things really just like stick in my brain as like cracking me up. I was also like a huge All That fan. Like I wanted to be Amanda Bynes <laughs> really badly. Um, yeah, like all of those kind of things that were geared towards kids at that time were very much like had an effect on me. Yeah. And then how did you eventually like get into the industry? Cause I hear from a lot of people that like that first job getting in can often be like the hardest one. Yeah. So actually I like, so 
when I first moved to LA, I, the only way I could get into the industry was through a friend of mine and it was through in reality TV. So I was a PA on this show called How Do I Look on E! that Jeannie Mai hosted. It was a makeover show. And the thing about reality TV is that it's consistent and you get in these like little camps of people that like take you everywhere. It's like the same production coordinator will hire you as a PA on the next show. And so for about five years, I, was, I worked in reality TV. And so I was climbing this ladder that I was like, what am I doing? And like the only, I mean, I was traveling. I went, went to like Vermont. I went to Vegas doing like things that like, like basically being a production coordinator, which is like, for me, a, a very hard job. I had to like, it comes easily to some people, but for me, I was like, I had to work really hard to even be decent at it. And I needed to be micromanaged constantly because I would just mess up. But I was, I eventually got into like the most creative version of reality TV where I was working in development at Discovery Studios. So that would be like their production company for like TLC, Animal Planet, Discovery. And like, I was writing like basically um, pitches and like proposals for shows that like never went, never sold. Um, and I was just like, what am I doing? And the whole time I was, you know, still writing on the side, not knowing anybody in scripted. And the thing when you're like writing on your own, it's like, you you know, your friends are only going to tolerate reading your things for so long. So it's just like, I'd write something and then like close my laptop and be like, okay, back to like my PA job or whatever. And so what I did was I submitted to a contest, um, the Warner Brothers Writers Fellowship, which was like a, um, a competition for, for scripted writing and, and they take drama writers and comedy writers. I had to write a spec script. I wrote a broad city. I got past the first round and then I had to submit an original and, and then I got in and it like changed my, my life. There was like, there were six drama writers, three comedy writers. And I was able, at the same time I got laid off from my discovery job. So I was like fired. <laughs> and then I, uh, got to go to this like amazing program that their whole initiative is to staff you. They basically call us like crops on their, their farm where it's like, you will get staffed on a Warner Brothers show. And through that, it took me a year to get staffed. So I got laid off and then there was a year where I wasn't working and I ended up, I was 29 and I was hosting at the Cheesecake Factory for a little bit just because I needed to make money. And then I got staffed on um, Fuller House and that was how, that was my first show and that's how I broke in. Yeah, that's great. I actually, I did want to ask about Fuller House too. So that's really cool being your first job because obviously it's a, a remake of Full House and it was like a really, really big deal at the time. So what was that whole experience like for you? It was, it was surreal. You know, it was like, um, like that was also a show that my sister and I would like love. We, we like, you know, we uh, watched Full House and we watched all of the Mary-Kate and Ashley like uh, spinoffs of like her detective shows, their, their sleepover shows, whatever, even though they weren't on the show, uh, Fuller House, but it was, it was, there were moments where I was like, this is so bizarre. Like I'm writing for like DJ Tanner, like this is like insane. And it was very cool because coming from that theater background, it's a multicam. So it all happens very quickly. You like write the draft and then that week you do a rehearsal on stage 
all the writers take like we mark like checks in our script to see like what jokes are working what aren't and then we go back and we rewrite it that night for and then they do a, the new draft tomorrow so like the next day they're rehearsing what you wrote previously and then they shoot it that friday and having the audience there and coming from theater was just like that energy is like unmatched you know and it was like i mean these people people who are coming to see fuller house aren't like you know tv critics or you know film buffs or anything it's like sycophants it's like they're 30 year old women who love the show growing up or they're like nine-year-old kids and it's just like they're screaming they're so excited to see all these actresses and john stamos and whoever's there at the time and and so it was just like an unbeatable energy yeah yeah that's great i know you talked about kind of the writing process too and I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here but compared to a show like american dad how how different is that because obviously they're both sitcoms but one being animated i feel like changes things. yeah so actually they're more alike than you realize and i i've actually talked about this with like people like based on my own like uh aha moments of it because when i was on fuller house it was like you know these like you know when sitcoms it's like like multicam specifically they're, the wedding's always in the backyard or like the prom is always in the backyard and you're like why this doesn't make sense and it's budget it's like so everything you write you have to be like well we can't the budget doesn't allow for a whole new set to be made for one week of this you know shoot so we have to move it here and i was like okay i'm going to animation and that's not going to be a problem because they just draw everything but it's kind of the same thing it's like you know, we have a budget, let's only like use back, can we keep it in the house? Can we have backgrounds that we already have? And, and so that was interesting. But basically the, the difference between um, a multicam and animated is like the timeline. Because like I said, the multicam is like first draft, rewrite the next day, and then another rewrite the day after that, and then you shoot it and then you're done. Or then it goes to be edited. Um, animation is like you write the first draft, you wait three months, <laughs> then you get to see the, the animatic is what it's called, which is like basically almost like the flip book version of it. Um, and then you rewrite it and then you wait three months again, and then you see the color. So it's like, I, you know, am on my third season at American Dad. I just turned in my third script and only one of my episodes has aired and it very recently aired. So it's like, it's just a much, much slower process. But otherwise it's like, you know, it's kind of the same. Yeah. 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 I remember when Menta Boys, when your first episode came out, I remember like seeing that it was written by you and I was like, oh, there's a new writer. And I thought to myself, well, this is her first episode. She has been there for a while. Yeah. Which is weird <laughs> to think about. Yeah. And then I know you mentioned um, like reusing backgrounds and stuff, which is funny because that's something that fans have like pointed out, like uh, when Stan is at the CIA chill zone, they like rent that house that yeah. the inside of that place and the frat house at arizona state it's the same inside it's just totally <laughs> different and they use like a bunch of like background characters get used over and over again so yeah. people online will be like oh i found like whoever character in the background yeah that's just those, easier those people are amazing yeah um there's like a whole library of just yeah especially characters there'll be different models a lot of the the models are of the writers as well and I actually got my first one this year, so I'm very excited for that. And oh. Megan Mullally is voicing me, <laughs> oh, which man. is really cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I noticed, um, I think the one in terms of like writer characters that stand out to a lot of people is Parker for Parker D. Yes. He's, and that character has been, I mean, he's been there since the beginning. So the character's been there since like the first season. Yeah. So, and he's like, his character is actually named Parker Day and yeah. has like, <laughs> he like, uh, the writers really love using him because he's just like one of the best people ever. And he's, we all think he's so funny. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, kind of like rewinding a little bit. How did you end up joining American Dad? So, um, after Fuller House, I was like trying to staff on something else. Um, and at that point I had gotten a, a manager and an agent. And so I was being submitted for things. I was out trying to pitch my own show and having like a very stressful time doing that. And I had, I had been doing it for like two weeks and my manager called me and she's like, Hey, I'm in Australia. And this came to my junk mail, but American dad read you and they want to meet with you. So it was a very like, um, traditional old school way of being like submitted by my rep and then being read and then getting the interview and getting the job. Yeah. I didn't know anybody on the show. Yeah. So how familiar were you with the show when you first joined? It's so funny because I like, there are three, like I said, I love having the TV on in the background. Um, I don't sleep with it anymore. I've gotten better about that. But like, um, I love having animated shows on in the background. And the three that I always watched were King of the Hill, Futurama, and American Dad. Those were like my, when I just want to be like in a good mood, like I, I wouldn't say I was like watching like, I wasn't like the people who notice all the models or the same backgrounds. I wasn't that like uh, that much paying attention, but I was like, I definitely enjoyed the show. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and then obviously you joined like in, in recent years and it's a show that's, that's been on for quite a long time. Can it be like daunting or like intimidating to kind of walk into that room where everyone's kind of been there forever? Yes, it was, um, it was very intimidating. I remember the first day walking in, it was very intimidating. It was, it's a big staff. It's like 16 writers. um, And it's a very joke heavy room. And I was coming from Fuller House, you know, my, I had only been on one show and it was like, the joke was that the dog wears sunglasses. And now it was like going to be like, you know, it it, it was going to be a little bit more challenging, I, I thought. And, and it was, but in the best way possible and the thing about being on this staff is like it's a huge staff that I've been there forever and it is the kindest group of people and the most like supportive group of people I have ever worked with in my life like they are all so so wonderful like immediately when I got there the girls took me out to lunch like you know it was just like they gave me the rundown on how things work and because people like Parker Day have been there forever and you know they're they're so good about promoting their writer's assistance and and that sort of thing that like if there was ever a pitch that I had that was like we've done that before they're an encyclopedia so they know so it was like there was no like we've already done that why don't you know that it was like oh we've done that before and but here's a way we could work around it you know it was very much like let's find a solution rather than just shooting you down um, at every turn. And so it was very intimidating at first, but 
I felt so welcomed that it did not take long to just like settle in and feel like I had been there as long as everybody else. That's great. Yeah. And you brought up an interesting point there because every time I like think of plot ideas, sometimes like I'll just, you know, goof around and think of like an episode. Yeah. They've already done it. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like, like, especially now the like 300 something episodes in, it seems like Mm -hmm. everything's been done. How do you even like come up with ideas? For me, it's like I, I had to learn like um, taking little moments um, in my life and like like you you just start like you just start to do it naturally like as a second thought you're like oh that'd be funny if Roger did that or just experienced something like that and and sometimes they're like given to you like Mint Boys was like I came in with an idea and it got so rearranged and then there's like, oh, we've always wanted to do like Klaus's bachelor party. So it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. You know, it's kind of like, it, some things are already in the zeitgeist, some things, it's all very like piecemeal put together. There's not, there's never gonna be like one story from my life is super one-to-one translated into an episode. But yeah, that's like, I, things inspire me in my life and also like articles and, and, and stuff like that where it's like, you know, a, a silly story or a crazy news story and you're like, oh my God, Klaus, like, would be hilarious in this kind of role. So it comes from everywhere, really. And you just start, your mind just can't help but, like, think of everything as an episode idea eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> speaking of men to boys, obviously that was, that was your first episode. And I think it got a very good reception. Like, I, if I had come in and I watched it and I didn't know that it was, like, a, somebody's first episode, I would have never guessed it seemed like you like had a really good grasp on kind of like the dynamic of the characters going in. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I have, you have a lot of help when you're like breaking the story too, because, you know, it's a whole room of people. It's like five or six people who have been there forever and they can help you kind of like mold it. But I, I do think the show is like, it's, it, it's like the characters are, have their very, to me have very distinct personalities so it's kind of like it wasn't too hard for me to find their voices because they were so well established yeah that's yeah awesome. um uh, and then i wanted to talk a little bit about like some of the characters in this episode i know like obviously it's class's bachelor party and he's getting married to shoshana yeah <laughs> uh so was it like a deliberate decision to like bring her back a second time or was it just because like oh klaus needs to get married to somebody and she was in an episode before um, it was like, it was kind of both. It was like, we're doing Klaus's bachelor party. And I think the last one had been, uh, Charles Swazi's episode where he was with Shoshana in Steve's room. Right. Yeah. And so it just kind of like made sense, uh, timeline wise, but yeah, yeah, that's why she came back. Yeah. And then obviously the, uh, the stripper is played by Patton Oswalt. Yes. <laughs> he, he was awesome. Uh, his voice just makes me laugh. Like he could say, yeah. <laughs> <makes> me laugh. <laughs> but um, like, so obviously you you wrote the character. Do you have anything to do with like the decision? Like, is that made ahead of time? Like, we're gonna get Pat and Oswald to do this, or did you just like bring in somebody to? So like that actually, and like kind of going back to a pre- the previous question you had about where do stories come from? That B story came from another writer. Like that was actually like her experience, where like a stripper came <laughs> for a bachelorette party. And then I think it was like he 
he left his cell phone or something and like he he had to come back and they found him like crying in the bathroom i can't i can't remember the details it's her story and i'm butchering it but um so that actually came from like a, a real life experience from one of the writers but as far as like casting we the stripper came first and then our casting department will send us send the writer and the showrunner matt weitzman a list of options for people or we'll like sit down now it's like all email because of the pandemic and we're all at home but like we would just sit down at like a table in the middle of the writers area and like sit with casting and they would have like three different people and i wish i could remember who else they put on there but it was like they they suggested Patton Oswalt and it was a no-brainer. It was like, yes, of course, like he's amazing. So I was so happy that he did it and it was before the pandemic. So he got to come in and he was so kind and just so like complimentary and just nailed it at every turn, like a true professional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just watched uh, like Conan's final week. I just watched mm -hmm. Patton Oswalt on there. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of the stripper the song that he wants to dance to my prerogative by bobby brown i love that song was that your idea <laughs> no that was uh one of the <laughs> one of the writers was like obsessed with the the britney spears version of my prerogative and so it just kind of like you know it is one of those things where it's like the sometimes the room just like says something once and you just like like grasp onto it and you're like this will not change and we could have discussed other songs and it just never happened because we were like before there was even like a fleshed out a story it was just like my prerogative he's gonna dance to that <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah i love that song like unironically <laughs> love that song yeah it's great it's awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then i know you mentioned uh you just finished your third episode so you, you have another one coming out uh in the current season as well yes so i'm actually a little unsure i think it's it's a halloween episode oh so they might be saving it for for around halloween because i think it'd be weird for it to come out in june but uh <laughs> or july no um but yeah i'm really excited for it yeah that's awesome i feel like it's been a while since the show's had a halloween episode too yeah sometimes there's like we think things will start off like oh a writer will pitch like oh i want this to be a halloween episode and and then it just kind of gets like changed so much that it doesn't end up being like enough like that but yeah, I feel very uh, lucky to have one because it's really fun and cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I know you also wrote uh, a movie. I'm yes. totally fine. Uh, yes. So how did that happen? That happened in a way that's like not how things happen ever. And it was, I have a friend, Brandon Dermer, who is a director. Um, and he's directed a lot of like music videos and commercials. He like, like does a lot of stuff with Diplo and Dylan Francis. Um, and I'm sure <laughs> he'll be mad that I didn't list more of his resume because he's done so much, but I can't really remember it. But um, we've been friends for over a decade. We worked together at a sports bar in Chicago when uh, we were like 20 and he moved to LA before me and whatever we reconnected he like i was on hiatus for american dad so you work like 10 months out of the year and then there's a hiatus between seasons usually you get like two months off and i was like i want to write a feature and he was like i have this like seed of an idea and i want you to write it and i was like okay i'll just like write 
um, a feature on spec, like this will be good because I, I want to have one in my portfolio anyway. And he pitched it. He was like talking to Kyle Nuacek about how to direct things over Zoom because that's what was going on. And Kyle just asked him like, what else are you working on? And Brandon is a very like, like energetic, like a hustler kind of person. Not, not that he was like actively trying to hustle. He just like, he, t he like passionately told Kyle about this idea that he, that we hadn't even, I was in Palm Springs, like not even thinking about it. And Kyle was like, oh, I, I want to finance this and I want to shoot it. And so this was before anything was written. This was going to be a like screenplay that I wrote, you know, on my own on the side. And now it became like a job. And I was like, okay, like there's money behind this. We, we met over Zoom and like the three of us would talk out story and, you know, and, and um, I would go write the outline and then get notes from Brandon and Kyle and then write the outline again. And then it was time to write the script and I was terrified because I was like, I, I don't know, Kyle doesn't know me. I don't know him that well. I'm scared, like, like everything's kind of riding on this. Like, you know, if, if I bomb this, it's not gonna get made and it'll be my fault. <laughs> and um, so I just like, I had to write it in like two weeks, the first draft. And then I got notes on that. And then I wrote another draft and he sent it to Jillian Bell who, you know, they know from Workaholics and she was on board and she had um, always wanted to do something with Natalie Morales. So she talked to Natalie, Natalie was in and Natalie was so busy too that like, she's such a champion because she like really just like made time for this. And we shot it in a place called Temecula, which is like two hours outside of LA in a pandemic, like in a COVID bubble, there were three, um, like three or four like little houses that people stayed in. People stayed in the house we shot in. It was written with COVID in mind. It was like, it's two people in a house essentially. And um, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's really insane. And I was like zooming, I was on set and zooming in American Dad at the same time. And it was, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, if, like 20 year old Alicia knew that she was like shooting her movie and also working on a like scripted show, she'd lose her mind. So I tried to have that like, you know, I tried to stay grounded in that perspective of like, this is so cool. And like being like having a lot of gratitude for that moment because it was just, you know, I'm never, I'm never gonna have something like that happen again. And movies do not move that fast here. And they're, you know, it's, it's just very, very, very lucky, but hopefully it comes out at the end of this year and we can all see it and <laughs> yeah we'll see because it's being edited right now yeah that's great and I know you mentioned that it happened really fast and you said uh you wrote the first draft in two weeks and isn't that normally the amount of time you get to write a first draft of uh, an American Dad episode it is yes so that yeah. seems like it's uh, a lot more writing in the same amount of time yeah it was um it was hard and, but look, I mean, like usually when you have an outline, things are a little bit easier, but there, there, every time you write an outline, there's going to be something you miss in terms of like, you're going to miss a plot hole that like everybody missed. And you're like, okay, well, it's my job to, like, I'm not going to go to my boss and be like, I found a plot hole. You know, it's my job to kind of like figure it out and smooth it out. And so there were just moments of that where I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. There are some 
logistical stuff because it's like, you know, it's a little bit sci-fi and just like, I put a lot of pressure on myself for this and I didn't need to. <laughs> and so it was just like, there was a lot of like my own kind of like self-sabotage happening, but yes, it was, it was very fast, but I, yeah, it, it was fast and it was hard, but it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and so when you write, do you have like a specific process that you like go through when you're writing or you just kind of sit down and like go at it? Um, if I'm, <laughs> if, okay, so like on my American Dad, like scripts, when I go off on script to write those, usually I, I like to pretend like I don't have to do it. So I'll like sit with my laptop open in bed and like watch The Real Housewives or something in the background. And I'll just be like, uh, interior Smith house and like kind of, and then by the end of the day, I have like three lines of dialogue. And so then, and I'll do that like on day two as well. And then eventually I just have to kind of like, sit down and like actually get through it um but for me I like to have the whole thing done in the first week um and then use the second week to tweak and smooth out and punch up I like to have that like a lot of time this draft I didn't get to do that because it was harder this time for some reason during I think because of the pandemic like in the in the real times you could go into, you know, you left the office to go home and write the draft. And now my office is my home. And so it was like weird to like, go from just like home to home to write the script. I don't know, there was, and just cause like, you know, everybody was struggling a little bit during the pandemic. It was, it was a little bit harder this time, but, so I didn't get to do that first week draft and then the second week punch up. It was just like, it was a little bit longer of a, first draft <laughs> but that's my process awesome uh now i'm totally i just had a question and i'm totally <laughs> okay okay i remember <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so you mentioned you know normally you get the two months off out of the year for mm -hmm. american dad and obviously you spent that working on the movie but when you're not working <laughs> on a movie what do you usually do during those like free months um i tried to figure out what I like and who I am outside of my career, which is like really hard. I, you know, I, I try to travel if I can. And, um, I, I like would bicycle and just like, you know, try, try and relax. But sometimes it's really hard because the thing about like this industry is, and I'm sure other people have talked to you about this, but like it's freelance essentially. So you don't, if the show doesn't get picked up, like we've had hiatuses. My first hiatus on the show, I didn't know if we were getting picked up again for the next season. So I'm not going to go like, you know, to Belize and rent a yacht. You know, I'm not like, it's hard for me to spend money if I don't know I'm going to have a job coming up. And it's especially because of that year I had where I wasn't working and I was at the Cheesecake Factory. It's very scary. So, and this is like, something I'm, I'm trying to work on actively is, and be better about that. But like it, for me, it's hard for, for me on hiatus to like really go wild. But a lot of times it's like, you don't even realize that you just need to like sleep. You just need to sleep and like be outdoors and try not to like think about work or anything like that. Like you need to experience things or, you know, what are you going to write? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And then, uh, I know, according to your IMDb page, you've worked with uh, Jean Lajoie a few times. Yes, so Brandon Dermer, um, it, like, directs and helps with a lot of Jean Lajoie's stuff. And, like, that, that's what Brandon was doing when I moved out here because he was an assistant at Underground um, Management, and that's where John was repped. I don't really know the, the specifics on that, but, like, I, I was just in some of those videos. I didn't do any like writing or anything with John, but he is like, he's one of the loveliest people in, in the whole entire world. Um, and his like, his uh, real music is good too. It's like, I don't know if you've listened to like his actual albums, but they're, I think they're great. He's so talented. But yeah, I just like played like, you know, girl and girl in a music video and <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. I'll do anything for John. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's kind of funny because, like, obviously his more popular songs are, like, comedic songs. They're right. jokes, basically. But they're still, like, actual songs. So there's, like, actual, like, a level of musicality that goes into that. Yes, for Like, sure. a lot of people, yeah, like, don't really, like, get that. Like, yeah, you're joking around, but you have to be a good musician to, like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, my favorite, one of my favorite bands is um, Ween. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they write a lot of, yeah, like, a lot of their songs are jokes, so people don't, like, take them seriously. Like, it doesn't make it, like easy to play yeah my boyfriend is obsessed with queen he loves them <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we probably get along pretty well yeah <laughs> uh so just kind of like uh to wrap up is there any kind of advice or any anything you would say to somebody who's trying to like kind of get into the industry maybe um i guess i would say like say yes to everything until you can say no like i was very much like doing every gig I could um, in terms of like the writing world. Like I went on Craigslist once and a guy like needed his like wedding speech punched up. And I was like, I'll, I'll try this. And I got like, a, so I got to like write comedy. I'm doing air quotes, but like, you know, like, and I got paid for it. I, you know, like worked on like a defunct blog. I just took every opportunity I could because eventually like it feels like tough and feels like nothing but you learn so much from not even just from a writing standpoint but from like what you like what you don't like how you work that sort of thing and aside from that just like keep keep writing keep challenging yourself don't if you're like if you've written a pilot and you've sent it out to your friends or whatever like and this like other people might disagree but for me I'm like I wouldn't spend more than three drafts trying to perfect it. I would move on to the next thing. It would be better to have like a more than one sample than, you know, having like the perfect sample because unfortunately <laughs> this industry is like, they want you to be machines and they'll say, what else do you have? Like if you get an opportunity for an agent to read you or a showrunner, or, you know, any sort of connection, like, there's a good chance they'll ask for a second sample. So just make sure you have, have that. I think that's only, awesome. yeah. 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 Well, that's great. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on here. Of course. Fun. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out to me. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Thank you to Alicia for taking the time to come on the show. Had a lot of fun talking to her. Really cool to kind of hear about her journey and her career so far about her first episode of American Dad, and obviously a little bit about I'm Totally Fine, an upcoming movie. 
written by Alicia that will be starring Jillian Bell and Natalie Morales. So once again, thank you to Alicia for coming on. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And don't forget to tune in next time to hear another brand new episode with an all new guest. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.